New York Congresswoman Claudia Tenney says the January 6th commission is a disgrace to her and anyone who cares about the Constitution. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll also tell you about the latest Biden administration lie on Afghanistan. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. Thanks, Green. About the student loans, how can the country afford such a massive handout? Yeah, well, you know, uh, Ambassador Rice said that she's happy to have that discussion. I'm happy to have this discussion as well. Uh, look, if you look at what this president has done, uh, if you look at the end of this, this coming end, uh, end of the fiscal year, $1.7 trillion that we have deduced, uh, brought down uh, the deficit. That matters. That matters. And if you look at the Inflation Reduction Act, it's going to ha- add another $300 billion going to uh, uh, bring down the deficit again. And you might spend 300 to $900 billion but, extra. So you can do that and not uh, but here's the, the thing. Deficit. Here's the thing. What we are trying to do here, we are doing this responsibly. According to whom? I mean, I mean, according to whom? Responsibly according to whom? Wow. What a... That was a very interesting little back and forth there between Peter Ducey and Corinne Jean-Pierre. This was... When was the last time that she had... It was like a, a week or so before she, they actually had a press briefing. Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. Dana Lash here with you. It's It's the fallout now of the... Uh, everything with this with this bill with this uh not bill his order by the way the student debt stuff and all of the analysis is coming in and there's a couple of interesting things with this too and we'll we'll get into it but happy thursday we'll get your uh it's our weekend eve kind of so we'll get your we'll get we'll get you set up and started out correctly here all right so the can i what is this sound bite because he spoke yesterday and this was his first press conference in quite some time but he didn't really take a lot of questions the last time he had like a big press briefing where he was taking questions was like in february i didn't actually think it had been that long but it was i i just this was a weird rambling did i say weird because it was a weird speech audio soundbite one because this is supposed to make you feel better about assuming so much debt listen many of you had to leave school because of financial strain was much too high. About a third of the borrowers have debt but no degree, and worst of both worlds, debt and no degree. The burden is especially heavy on black and Hispanic borrowers 
who on average have less family wealth to pay for it. There's no, they don't own their homes to borrow against to be able to pay for college. This is a, first off, the, the stats don't actually, the data, literally that I was sharing with you yesterday from the government doesn't support what he's saying here, number one. He's trying to make it into a race issue, which is really stupid, and it's not accurate. But what... He Well, it's, you know, because people can't buy homes. Why do you think they can't buy homes, Joe? Why do you think nobody can buy homes anymore? Why do you, why do you think nobody can? I mean, these... This... I, I mean, there's so many things. I, I was I was actually mad yesterday about this because this is something that is going to have an immediate impact on you. And the other point that no one has been addressing, do you realize that they even this is actually going to do nothing to change the debt and it's actually going to be more expensive as a result of this? Within five years, the debt accrued for student loans is going to be double. That's Brookings. That's not me saying that. That's actually left-leaning institutions. It's so bad that there are a number of Democrats that are now the squad's going after them because they're coming out and saying that, okay, you can't do this. This is way too much. Way too much. Nothing is done at all whatsoever about the whole system that created this mess. Every, every mechanism every everything that created this and made it to what it is is all still in place we went over some of this yesterday when you had democrats that nationalized student loans back in 2010 and now for every dollar that universities make available that's or or sorry for every dollar that the government makes available in student loans universities in turn raise the cost of tuition 60 cents on the dollar that's unbelievable this is how do you think this is going to make it worse they've now they are incentivized to continue to do this more democrats have been backing away from this by the way senator Catherine cortez mosto she's although i will say mosto's out in nevada she's running against adam laxalt she desperately needs to be seen as moderate because nevadans from what i understand are not reacting favorably to the move that biden made so she's like oh my gosh i got to get ahead of this she's looking at her election And it's not just her, though. There are a lot of people that are speaking out against this, a lot of Democrats. But, you know, the problem is that that, that a lot of these people were in office when this was done and not a single one of them. I mean, they all back in 2010, they supported it. Now, this I think that there's a there's a lot of questions as to the legality of this, because everyone was you know, the, the argument is that, you know, well, he Pelosi said it has to be an act of Congress. The fact that they're using this HEROES Act, I just think is incredibly questionable, particularly because the whole pandemic, I mean, the CDC has been walking back all of their regulations, all of the restrictions, et cetera, et cetera. Now, there was something that was kind of interesting that came out yesterday and all of my reading about this, because there's there's some that are wondering whether or not the court's may let this policy stand after all, even though there's a real, there's, there's questionable legal ground because, you know, you had this with Obama and DACA um, and, and others. So there's, there's a question as to whether or not 
this is something that's actually going because I mean, it's an abuse of emergency power, but it seems like a weak. This seems like a just a, a weak legal reasoning. There were some who were asking whether or not, you know, there's that you have precedence against invoking these emergency powers, especially when you look at the uh, uh, eviction moratorium, because that was found to be an abuse of CDC power and their authority. They were trying to regulate private contracts. And that's ex- exactly what this is. I mean, when you look at it, it's it's the same. If you if you remove everything that it's about, it's the same variable. It is the government once again trying to involve in, involve itself into contracts between. Well, and and itself is also a party to it. Don't you think that that's kind of a conflict of interest? Because they're not actually going to see the deduction. It's going to be taxpayers. Now, some there was this memo that was written. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this up here. Uh, this comes from Office of Legal Counsel. And the Office of Legal Counsel here, this was the, this is the, in the DOJ. And they kind of act as sort of the ombudsman to the Department of Justice. So there was a memo that had been issued. They made public this memo. And it was a discussion of whether or not there existed any kind of authority within the Department of Education to actually alter student loan debt back in the the HEROES Act that was in in 2003. And this was was a paragraph that that came from that memo, and it's at uh, justice.gov slash OLC. They said that you've asked whether the HEROES Act authorizes the secretary to address the financial hardship arising out of the COVID pandemic by reducing or canceling the principal balances of student loans for a broad class of borrowers. The OLC writes, we conclude that the that the act grants authority. They say that the plain text of the HEROES Act authorizes the secretary to waive or modify any statutory or regulatory provision applicable to the federal student loan program. They cite the statute. They said that we conclude that the targeting relief towards those individuals who suffer the financial hardship because of COVID and who otherwise satisfy the requirements of the act accords with the act's requirement that the waiver or modification be necessary to ensure that blah, 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 blah that they have to be affected by a national emergency and they're not placed in a worse position financially with respect to their loans as a result. I don't, I question the legal soundness of this. And I don't, I I just, I, I, I just have a million legal questions about it. Because you, I think at one point, I, I mean, I, I just because I look at us taxpayers. I mean, why is it that I just think it's ridiculous that the argument would be that we would have to demonstrate that we have somehow been injured by this in a way in order to contest it. That seems like you're that innocent. You're proving, you know, you're you're guilty before being innocent in a court of law. It just seems backwards. I mean, this is it's 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 infuriating and it's going to happen again, I hate to say, because you can make this argument for pretty much anything at this point. The other question that comes up is, if this is, you know, why, why out of all the things, student loan debt? Why not medical debt? You had a lot of people that were in the hospital have a lot of medical bills to pay, right? Like we kept hearing all over and over again, oh my gosh, the hospitals are overflowing. Is everybody paying their debt off for that? What about that? Or are they less convinced that that's a subsect of the demogra- of Americans that would vote for them? 
it's really hard to, to argue that it's not a big vote buying scheme. It's really not. Now, for more on this, there was the there were a lot of there's there's a lot of discussions. A lot of people are arguing the legal aspect of it. And we're going to come back to it. This one piece that I saw that was in the Washington Post, and it was an op-ed that was written by this journalist. I guess if you want to say that. It was written by a journalist who went to private schools. It's at Washington Post. They went to private schools and they grew up a rich kid on the East Coast. And the it was supposed to be funny, but she's her name's Alexandra Petri, but she's not actually funny. It's just I mean, I think you've got to be a lot smarter in order to write something that's funny. The headline is stop improving things right now. Everyone must suffer as I did. And her entire argument rests on that. The, pre- the, the premise that this is somehow, it's an improvement. And the more that, you, you know, if you have a, a struggle story of how you, you know, you went and you watched all of your dollars so that you could pay your way through school and you lived simply, et cetera, et cetera, and you didn't accrue debt and you did it the right way, that just because you did that doesn't mean that everybody else has to do that. As though, because we can take other people's dollars and use it to pay for debt that they didn't agree to take, then that, that means that we can. It's just bad logic. And I just can't believe that this actually ran as an op-ed. It's just, it's just, it's ridiculous. But this is the mindset of these entitled people. And this is the demo that's going to stand to, to, to get the most from this. Because it's 13% of Americans, the majority of it is grad school debt. Oh my gosh. I mean, for, for all of the race baiting and everything else that you hear from Biden, those aren't the people who are going to be affected by this. It's definitely not going to be lower and middle income. Absolutely not. So coming up, we'll discuss how all of the how the, how ultimately government backed student loans kill the American dream. We've got that. We're going to look a little bit at the legality of it. We'll also look at how it's a slap in the face to veterans and active duty military. Further, the Biden administration and Saudi Arabia, one of they, they've tapped a Saudi Arabian official to be on uh, a company. He's this company board member for Saudi Arabia for a top energy department post. We've got that for you. We're going to get into some of the elections with midterms, IRS, FBI, FBI officials apparently told agents to not investigate the laptop, more whistleblower revelations. So we got a lot coming up for you. Ammo is expensive and in short supply. Did you know that you can train without ammunition at your home using the Mantis X? All the best shooters in the world do a significant portion of their training with dry fire practice at home. The Mantis X firearms training system is a no ammo, all electronic way to practice and improve your shooting accuracy. It simply attaches to your own firearm like a like a weapon light and you can use it at home or at the range. The Mantis X gives you data-driven real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes using Mantis X. The Mantis X is used by the Marine Corps, Army, and Special Forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. And the Mantis X can improve your shooting dramatically and it's a must-have for every gun owner. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you should also be able to act on your Second Amendment responsibility and be competent and confident in your shooting ability. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. 
So Uvalde's school board has voted unanimously to fire their police chief, Pete Arandondo, after, I know, finally, three months after 19, the lives of 19 children were taken, two teachers at Robb Elementary. The board made its decision in a closed session meeting. It lasted about an hour and a half. Several members of the audience applauded after, after the decision was announced. One person was heard repeatedly shouting, we're not done. Arandondo himself didn't attend the meeting. Instead, his attorney issued a 17-page press statement and said the district wasn't following legal procedure as it moved to fire Arandondo and that the police chief was concerned about his safety. They said that they were arguing over the merits of his dismissal and whether or not they had required other paperwork or other steps before they could actually have a legal termination. So that's... Huh. Uh, a new study says that if you, because you know how some people look a lot alike and they say, oh, it's your doppelganger or maybe you have a secret twin. Well, apparently, and this is coming from Spain, if they said that your people who are unrelated that have similar facial features, features likely share many of the same genetic variants. I know. They said that it. Uh, they said that um, the findings are based on photos of genetically unrelated lookalikes, along with a DNA analysis. Re- researchers said that it could lead to screening patients for illness and even improvements in solving crime. That kind of freaks me out a little bit. A little bit, you know. Uh, yeah. Jill Biden once again tests positive for the Rona. Wow, she's had it twice now. Three times, twice. Yeah, she's been vax boosted, boosted vaxed. Baxed and boosted. Who knows? She's going to remain in Delaware, where she has reinitiated. They said the isolation procedure. So, hmm. Paul Pelosi's wrecked Porsche is up for auction. I, I wouldn't want a wrecked one. Like if I was going to have one, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want one that a guy was that this guy was driving and ended up. Washington Examiner's story is not pulling up for me because Max uh, new update. Uh, sucks so bad. I want to find the person who did it and I want to kick them repeatedly in the throat. Uh, but his wrecked Porsche is up for auction. They said that it made an appearance on an online auction website and they said that uh, it's currently at uh, the car lot. Doesn't list really any price or anything. I guess you have, it's one of those you have to inquire for pricing. Oh, we have a lot more on the way. Don't go anywhere. As ransomware and other cyber attacks continue to sweep the nation, traditional antiviruses continue to fail as they cannot detect new malware and ransomware. And that's because they operate off a blacklist. And many of these antiviruses are made in the same foreign countries that the malware originates from. PCmatic is the only solution that is 100% made in America and uses proprietary whitelist technology to protect against all known and unknown cyber threats, including ransomware, malware, identity theft, and nation-state attacks. PCmatic protects homes and businesses of all sizes. PCmatic also makes your computers run faster by performing automated maintenance and system optimization. Protect your devices with an American-made cyber solution. PCmatic is just $50 for five devices for one entire year with a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Act now and receive $5 off your entire order of PCmatic protection by visiting PCmatic.com Dana. Again, to protect you and your family from ransomware, malware, and other cyber threats, visit PCmatic.com Dana. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. President, is this unfair to people who paid their student loans or chose not to take out loans? Is it fair to people who, in fact, uh, do not own multi-billion dollar businesses and see why these guys get more tax Is that fair? What do you think? 
What, how does that even make sense? It doesn't. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here. That was yesterday after Biden spoke and uh, was announcing that he was going to saddle all of us with the debt that everybody else decided to accrue when they took their student loans. And then he says, well, it's, you know, is it fair that these, uh, that these, that these companies, what did he say, that they don't pay there or that they're successful and they don't pay anything? Is yeah, that what is he actually fair said? To people who aren't these giant corporations who, who, you know, escape their taxes, essentially. How does, I want to know how he thinks <laughs> they escape their taxes. I really want to know that. How does, that doesn't even make sense. How does he think that they escape anything? That's just, that's just, golly, I wish these people understood one thing about how business works and how the economy works. They don't. How is that in any way, was it fair that people who do not own multi-billion dollar businesses, they see these guys getting the tax credits? What does he talk, does he know what a tax credit is, by the way? Does he know what a tax credit actually is? I feel like we have like this huge... Uh, financial illiteracy i mean it's 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 not the same thing as an exemption and it's not the same thing as a deduction at all it's it's that's not what that means i don't really he doesn't actually i think all the businesses are probably in hunter's name right or his brother's name so he doesn't know that's just absolutely asinine is it fair that zebras have stripes and these people don't i mean you know (laughs) i mean that the bottom line is this is that if you do not have a responsibility to pay someone else's debt people knew what they were getting into i mean they they knew exactly what they were getting into when they decided to do this. This is not anybody else's responsibility. No one forced anybody to take this loan. No one forced them to sign on the dotted line. Nobody forced them to do any of this. Nobody forced them to go to college. They didn't force them to go to class. They didn't force them to do any of this. But you are forcing the American taxpayer. I, I, I it's just, it's, I want to be, I think I have the right to claim every single one of these people as dependents. On my taxes. Yeah. I, I, mean, I really think that that's what we should do. It's a joke. The tax system is a joke. Why should anybody pay anything? Right? Yeah. When, when are we going to have, uh, like, you know, I, I, gave, I made, raised the point of, of medical debt. What about all the people? And, and furthermore, can I just also add this? Are we seriously going to talk, talk about student loan debt redistribution? And not address the fact that for almost two years, no one was in a classroom? You, really? You honestly think that you're getting the same amount of, of, of service? Because I don't. They're, they're, yeah, and as Kay noted, they're price gouging. There were kids who weren't, who didn't get to go to class. I have a friend whose, whose son went halfway across the country to go to a very nice university, was there a month and they shut everything down. So his first year and a half was learning remotely, online, through Zoom. That was it. The tuition didn't change, though. And it was one of those universities that has like a 28, I think, billion dollar endowment. Those are the entities that should be paying this.
it's 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 not just morally wrong it's legally wrong because not everyone who borrows from the government to goes that goes to school is poor they're not ruined they're not desperate and by the way if that's how you feel, then why haven't you changed the federal student loan program? If you feel like it's so bad that all these people are saddled with all of this unsustainable debt, as he said, why haven't any steps been taken to overhaul the system? Because wouldn't you then argue that it is the way that this system is oriented that is contributing to these inequities? Right? But no, that's not what they have no incentive at all whatsoever to lower the price of tuition. In fact, after this, they have even less incentive. There have been, for instance, there was there was a piece that was written. It was over at Reason back in 2015. And it gets into how the student loan program and the way that it's constructed has entirely driven up the price. Separately, there was a study by the New York Federal Reserve. They wrote, we find institutions more exposed to changes in the subsidized federal loan program increase their, t- their tuition disproportionately around these policy changes with a sizable pass-through effect on tuition of about 65%. We also find that Pell Grant aid and unsubsidized federal loan program have pass-through effects on tuition, although these are economically and statistically not as strong. So everybody can pay the cost of admission no matter how high it is because universities just keep charging more the more that government pays for it. It's like that. It's like the housing bubble. This is like Dodd Frank, but for education, it's exactly like that. It's just it's not going to get better. This has been an absolute incentive for it to get even worse. Oh, but he says he's fulfilling a campaign promise. What tax increases on everybody? I mean, this is a, a scam. The student loan thing that's that's not lawful. You're going to be, it's going to be up to a trillion dollars. And in the meantime, as I've said, more and more Democrats are stepping away from this. They are a little terrified, and they should be, for what this means for a lot of them running for re-election or just running for office, period. They're a little worried about this, and they should be. So a bunch of moderates, which I still question because a lot of them were silent when this went through in 2010... They're really criticizing this. You have like for and, and especially the ones definitely the ones that are up for reelection. So Tim Ryan, who's running against J.D. Vance in Ohio, he's like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, he was out there. He was talking to the dispatch, their local publication. Tim Ryan was out there saying, oh, he's he, here's the headline. The Columbus Dispatch Democrat Tim Ryan blasts student loan forgiveness, says it sends wrong message. They're trying to get on the right of Biden now. Michael Bennett, he's running for reelection in Colorado. Slams Biden's student loan relief. <sighs> loan. All of them. But it was it was funny because they are there. A lot of them are doing a 180 on previous. It was easy to have a position on this before they actually did it. Now that they did it and everyone's re- is justifiably reacting in rage. Now they're oh, we got to get away from it. You have Representative Chris Pappas. He panned Biden's student debt relief plan. He's out of New Hampshire. 
bunch of these Democrats, all of them, interestingly, all of them are running for re-election. Because they realize what this means. Voters are going to take it out on them. They get it. Mia Cathal over at Town Hall did a a good write-up over who actually does. We talked about this yesterday. She went and fact-checked the fact-checkers, which I thought was good. And that the people who actually are going to foot the bill for this are absolutely, indisputably, indisputably, they're they're middle-class Americans, lower-class Americans, working class. It's interesting when the when the president and all these other Democrats come out and they say, oh, no, this is this is going to be for those poor disadvantaged people. What's going to be the people that you think are poor and disadvantaged that are going to be paying for it? Now, in the meantime, I want to look and look at some of the things that Democrats are doing here within D.C. Aside from this hot mess. The Free Beacon had a piece. I can I just add how much I hate Apple's update. By the way, it's a mess, and I really do want to kick like somebody in the throat who did it because nothing works right after they did this, not on any device. The uh, pariah no longer, says Free Beacon. Biden administration taps Saudi energy company board member for top energy department post. David Crane is a board member of the state-owned Saudi electricity company, a top producer of fossil fuels. It works hand-in-glove with Xi Jinping's Belt and Road Initiative. Huh. Now... What was one of the, you know, since everybody's talking about his promises. What was one of the things that Biden campaigned on when he was running for the White House? Do you remember? He wanted to make Saudi Arabia a what? A pariah. And he says he was going to take on China. And then he went over there and fist bumped Mohammed bin Salman. That might have been a little... Hint that it wasn't going to, they weren't going to be made pariahs. And then now they announced just a couple weeks ago that they're nominating this guy for a top position at our Department of, in, of Energy. This guy is the only American who sits on the board of a state-owned Saudi Arabian energy company. His name is David Crane. When they announced his nomination... When the administration announced that they were nominating him on August 3rd, they sent around, you know, this little little sheet, little one sheet of his bio. And it was absent on this one sheet that he actually sat on the board of a state-owned Saudi Arabian electricity company. I think that's kind of important, I would think. But it was absent. He's been paid six figures in the past year, 90000 in bonuses, and he also has been absolutely key, this, his position in this company, the Saudi electricity company, they have been key to Xi Jinping's Belt and Road Initiative. So the Saudis have been helping China, as the beacon notes, lay millions of feet of smart energy meters, an undertaking that the Chinese government has hailed as a, quote, milestone for Belt and Road in the Gulf region. Now, here's where it gets even more interesting. The Chinese government has loaned billions of dollars to the Saudi electricity company, whose board Crane joined in January. 
That's kind of interesting. Don't you think that that's something that perhaps should have been made public? You think? Like, that he had these associations? Yeah, they had uh, almost $2 billion that they loaned Xi Jinping and uh, the Chinese government to the Saudi electricity company. They signed agreements with Huawei, the telecom giant, the CCP telecom giant, that, that we had sanctioned for its role in Beijing's human rights atrocities. So how in the world is this fulfilling? First off, why is this not on the news anywhere? Secondly, how is this in any way a fulfillment of a campaign promise to make Saudi Arabia a pariah and focus on China? Like it, Literally in one swoop, he's elevating both. That doesn't make any sense. With the recent rulings from the Supreme Court, it's worth mentioning that these wins didn't happen on their own. It took the support of companies like Patriot Mobile, who have passionately fought on behalf of the unborn and your constitutional rights. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they've been on the front lines fighting for your values. This is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans, and thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to a company fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Use offer code Dana to get free activation. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have special discounts just for you. Come join the movement and make the switch. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, or call 972-PATRIOT. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. This cost. How much will Americans have to pay on this, this price tag overall? Well, that, that that remains to be determined, and it will be a function of what percentage of eligible borrowers actually take up this opportunity. Three hundred billion. It, it, we'll see what when they take up the opportunity. We'll be able to give you uh, a much better sense but, but of that. Ballpark I, at this point. I think it depends on the numbers. Like it, you know, unfortunately. And I, we're here to encourage as many people to take it up as possible. If, if 43 million borrowers uh, take it up, uh, that'll be different than if 50% of those 43 million take it up. No. That's Susan Rice who's trying to... They sent her out, I guess, to deal with this now. Biden should be selling people on this. Why is he not? He just comes out and says one thing and walks away. Of course, you know, he... It was just nuts what he was saying still, but um, it's nonetheless, (sighs) she's not the person to send out. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. I have to share this with you. So ESPN said that Novak Djokovic will not play in the U.S. Open as expected because he is not vaccinated against COVID-19 and thus is not allowed to travel to the United States. I have a couple of responses to this. My first response is, okay, well, he could just fly into Mexico and then come across the Rio. Yeah. That's my first response. My second response is, because the injection stops transmission, duh. I mean, just ask POTUS and the First Lady each who've had the virus twice despite having all of the, re- the required shots. I mean, that's why is that policy? Why do we... Why is that policy even 
still in effect. It doesn't work. The, inje- the, the CDC even admitted that it doesn't work. It doesn't stop anything. Well, we don't, he has to get the shot that doesn't actually stop the transmission because he hasn't had the shot, which wouldn't stop transmission. That's their, that's their logic. It's like drunk chick logic. Let me tell you something. 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 So you gotta have the shot. Because it solely works. It is. It's drunk girl logic. So coming up, second hour. <laughs> more fallout from the student loan welfare. And are green pet projects pet projects? Are green pet projects delaying the next energy breakthrough? Yes, that's an obvious answer, yes. And I love what Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said about Hoggle from Labyrinth, a.k.a. Fauci. I'll share that with you coming up. Stick with us. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text DANA to 9 Nine nine eight eight nine nine. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. You have people like Fauci saying that his lockdowns didn't cause any permanent damage to any young kids. I got news for you, it did, and we are going to reap those rewards across the whole country for years and years and years because they treated kids so poorly. And I'm just sick of seeing him. I know he says he's going to retire. Someone needs to grab that little elf and chuck him across the Potomac. I think that's my new favorite quote. I think it is. That's my new favorite quote. That's Florida Governor Ron DeSantis talking about Fauci's... Well, I guess his retirement. He's supposed to be retiring. Welcome back to the show. Second hour. Dana Lash here with you. Thursday. And he's, I, 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 I guess Fauci's trying to kind of rewrite history. He needs to, he's not, he's not totally retiring. I think he's just going to go take advantage of uh, his notoriety and accept a job in the private sector. That's what it sounds like he's going to be. That's what it sounds like he's going to be doing. So we'll see he's gonna make money somehow he's gonna he's gonna make some he's gonna make money somehow this idea though that he because he keeps defending himself it's like well i just you know i didn't do the i didn't lock anything down but that's first off that's disingenuous because it was under his guidance that everybody made these decisions it was it was under his guidance and it was his recommendations i mean that's you know, ultimately, how they came to these 
conclusions that they needed to close businesses and do the six feet, et cetera, et cetera, wear the face masks, so on and so forth. It was all based on his recommendations. I mean, now, a friend of mine made the point, like, oh, somebody's going to say that this is DeSantis, like, you know, just trying to, his violent rhetoric. But he called him an elf. Come on. Does it really, really think? I don't think so. The, um, this, I think, this issue that children going to school, that they weren't really harmed by all of the lockdown. And I think that's what a lot of this reaction is, is to. And I mean, really outrage and justifiably because he seems to just, he insinuates that it's not a huge deal. He's, he insinuates, he's like, I didn't shut anything down. I didn't do this. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make any of these decisions. No, but it was his guidance. It was his guidance that did it. It was under his guidance that they had a lot of schools closed, businesses closed. You can't go and rewrite that history now. I mean, it was, he didn't even start making the case to reopen schools until summer after everything had been locked down. And then the, the, there's a piece in the New York Times. Let me pull this up. Students are learning well again, but they said that students are learning, students are learning again, are learning well again, but they ask, what is the story of the full recovery? They said students have returned to a normal pace of academic growth for the first time since the whole pandemic started. However, they say it's not fast enough to make up for the steep losses that occurred during the pandemic. There was a nonprofit organization that provides academic assessments to schools. It's NWEA. And they had student achievement in 2021-22 cause for hope and concern. They examined the results of math and reading assessments for about 8 million students in 25,000 schools. They didn't look at high schools. They looked at elementary and junior high schools. And it is not good. They said that the rebounding that they said that student achievement at the end of the 21-22 school year was lower than a typical year, obviously. Major declines in math by 5 to 10 points, percentage points. Uh, reading was 2 to 4. Modest improvements amongst elementary students after they went back to school. They, but, and they said black, Hispanic, and uh, American Indian, Alaska Native students remain disproportionately impacted. They said that there's an achievement gap now. And that, and there were a lot, there's a lot of students that just, their parents just pulled them out and started homeschooling because it was so, everything was so ridiculous. Their findings, it's not good. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's not good at all. The survey or the study that they did, 25,000 schools. And one of the reasons why we have this is because this guy who says that he didn't shut anything down refuses to acknowledge that it was on his his advice that people every that people shut things down that was it and he also says that he's he's skeptical of studies that claim that the lockdowns don't work he's never actually he won't acknowledge them 
And he really brushes off the reports that said that students suffered. He's like, I question the data. That's what he said. I mean, I... Like, he had this one... He, he, he told... Uh, what's his face? Neil Cavuto, who I'm not... He told Neil Cavuto this yesterday. Uh, or the day before. Quote, I think the people who criticize me should talk about their own reluctance to promote vaccination. There's an actual quote that he said. I mean, he is just as much to blame for this. No, the kids aren't all right. And then I'm not even getting into the drug abuse, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not even getting into all that that we've seen from kids. He had, he had this, we all remember the emails that he had with reporters. While all of this was happening, while kids were shut down, he was having this, this cozy relationship with reporters. NRO had the headline, Good Riddance, Dr. Fauci. And they noted that he had his own prayer candles, his own action figures, and his own associated merchandising. It is as if his worst instincts were unchained. And as time went on, his public statements became more strident and his dismissal of critics more arrogant. And it is by 2021, that's when he started saying that he was the science. I represent science. That was his direct quote. When you criticize me, you're criticizing science over and over again. Now, he, it was his advice and it was his because he represented science. That's why people were were listening to him within the government. So this, yeah, I don't feel he is. He, I completely agree with what Ron DeSantis says here. And it is infuriating to see these people absolutely refuse to take any accountability. Remember the the in-style spread? Let me pull this up because I saved this. I couldn't. It was so ridiculous. This is the one where he was sitting by the pool literally in shades. Remember that one? This was in uh, July of 2020 while schools were shut down. That is when they did that spread. While schools were shut down, Fauci did a photo spread. And he was sitting by the pool with sunglasses on. Because he's science. You know, he's science. Everyone was saying that he scheduled his uh, retirement. Retirement. He's leaving his position in December so that if there is a takeover by Republicans that no, he won't ever, ever be able to be questioned. I don't, I don't agree with that because... You just because you leave your position in government doesn't mean that you can re- you can refuse a subpoena. I mean, he he would have to come in. So I don't I don't know if I because I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, mm, actually, I, he would have to really they would make him they, he would have to come in. But his arrogance. Has his arrogance contributed to why people make fun of him and he doesn't realize it. You know how sometimes you have like the little nerds that kind of like demand to be ridiculed with their behavior? They really are the bad guys just because they're not the stereotypical bully doesn't mean that they're not the bully. That's him. Sitting there beside the, sitting there if you're watching the simulcast of the radio show, nationally syndicated radio show, that the photo that we're showing, him sitting by the pool 
That was done July 2020 when everything was still locked down. People still had to wear their masks. Restaurants, businesses were closed. He literally does. I mean, you want to talk about tone deaf, man. (sighs) Yeah, I like this quote from DeSantis. Now, a few things that I want to hit. This, a couple of things here, actually. There is, ooh, this is from Wall Street Journal. Oh my gosh, I need to hold on to the table for this one. IRS is going to start spending, guys, some of its $80 billion budget. They're going to hire people to answer the phone. They're going to start. They said the beefed up enforcement's going to take some time. But in the meantime, we're going to hire some, uh, some people to answer the phone. That's according to the Wall Street Journal. Kane, you know, you don't like... Yes, sir? They had nobody to answer the phone before? Apparently, there was one person only working at the IRS. Nobody was there. Who knows? Good God. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. They said that they're, they want to make sure that if you have a question about government stealing your money, then you can call to one of the burglars, one of the thieves yourselves at the IRS. Dana, your language is so... Shh. I've paid my fair share three times over. And I can say exactly what I want, when I want. And if you're going to criticize me for it, you have to pay more than I do in taxes. That's my rule. They said that only one in 10 callers have been getting through to the IRS. That's according to National Taxpayer Advocate Aaron Collins, an independent public representative inside the agency. Hmm. So they said, taxpayers should expect, this is according to the Treasury Department official who's apparently overseeing the IRS changes. They said that taxpayers should expect a significantly higher level of service in the next filing season. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Service? Wait a minute. Are you acting like this is, are you, you all acting like you're, this is not a service. This is theft. And when we have a question about what was stolen from us, that's not a service. You're just doing, don't act like you're doing us a favor. Okay. Don't act like, don't be acting like you're doing us no favors. This is not what happened. That's not what's happening here. Good heavens. So there, I would say that maybe they're going to provide somebody to answer questions, maybe perhaps for the first time. The the horror stories out there of people trying to get an answer from this agency. I mean, it's there. I mean, there's a lot of them. There are a lot of them out there. Mm -mm. So coming up, a Texas chaplain was fired because he criticized men in women's sports. We're going to discuss that. I have some economic headlines. The economy shrank again last quarter. Experts are still warning the worst is yet to come. I know nobody's happy about this. New York Congresswoman Claudia Tenney says the January 6th commission is a disgrace to her and anyone who cares about the Constitution. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter show, Congresswoman Tenney also blasts Liz Cheney and Mitch McConnell for trashing their own party. And I'll tell you about the latest Biden administration lie on Afghanistan. Don't miss it. Follow the Sarah Carter show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So a Utah teacher was is under investigation after boasting about a non-white classroom. 
from Town Hall. It's a woke fourth grade teacher at the Granite School District in Utah. They were placed on leave and now under investigation. They posted a video on social media this month boasting about, she was boasting about how her classroom was built for, quote, non-white students, whatever that means. I don't know. Uh, I, what? The teacher in question posted the video explaining her classroom does not show any white students represented and says, for the first time in my life, I'm going to be teaching at a majority white school, and I'm interested to see how students and parents react to my classroom if they notice anything about it. It's built for non-white students. And what I mean by that is if you look around and interact with the materials I have, there are no white kids represented on a single white face. I mean, that's... That is nuts. Why even be hateful? Like, why go out of your way to be discriminatory? She's a bigot. This is kind of interesting. Apparently, Kim Kardashian beat Hillary Clinton 11 to 4 in a legal quiz. Um, She said that she later said uh, that Kardashian had an unfair advantage because she studied and her daughter, Chelsea Clinton, said that Kim has studied more recently than you. What difference at this point does it make? What difference does it make? Yeah. Detroit opens a giant slide. That sounds like fun. But then immediately closes it because kids were getting launched in the air. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was a giant slide. It literally closed on the exact same day that it opened. Because as kids, it was on Belle Isle, as kids started sliding down, they were like, they were catapulted into the air. I mean, they were going too fast. I shouldn't laugh, but this is funny. They even made shirts and said, I survived the giant slide <laughs> in Belle Isle, Detroit. They said, built in the 1960s when safety regulations were scarce, the giant slide of Belle Isle, Detroit has been terrorizing kids for generations. Of course, that's kind of, really did it need to be closed? I mean, yeah, they were launched in the air, but was it that bad? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> did you die? I mean, come on. USDA also issues a health alert for Purdue chickens. Chicken tendies. We'll talk more about that. I'll, I'll give you an update about that next headline. Stick with us. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. I want to get your your general response to this overwhelming chorus of critics, Republicans right now, who say this is unfair, that there are people who decided to not go to college because they couldn't pay for it. There are people who decided to join the armed forces in lieu of going to college because they couldn't pay for it. And this leaves them behind. Is there inaccuracy in any of that? Yes, there is inaccuracy, but there's also a double standard. 
and this is a debate we are happy to have. First of all, Republicans didn't complain when certain small businesses during the pandemic got extraordinary uh, financial relief um, and, and without having to pay back those loans, but when some businesses needed it and other businesses didn't need it. This is the same principle. We have a country where we all benefit, where the middle and working class are doing well. This relief will be targeted to those who need it most. As I said, 90% of those who will benefit earn less than $75,000 a year. Well, that's actually not true. Uh, like nowhere is is in, is that correct. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here. That was Susan Rice who's being grilled on this now. They sent her out to talk about, to, to try to sell the American people on this because Biden's not doing it. Biden's not going to do it. He's not he's not out there talking about any of this. He's not interested in it, which is you know, kind of funny. Um, first off, to, to try to compare it to what the what was happening with businesses and the the loans that were given out for businesses first off you had the government shut down businesses and they told people they couldn't go and earn a living there was no choice in for people in that people were told that if they tried to keep their businesses open that they would lose their business there were people who I remember I had actually even I totally did I had I reached out to the uh, the chick who cuts my hair and I was like hey can you I'll pay you extra can you come to my house and cut my hair I'm like we're totally you know Rona free she was like I'm afraid that if somebody finds out they're gonna suspend my license because that's what was happening to hairdressers they were threatening to suspend your license if you even were caught cutting hair oh I totally did I was like I'm gonna hold like prohibition style you know like hair I'll totally do it everybody can just get bent I will totally do that uh <laughs> Maybe I did. But the idea that that they, that people had a choice in any of this is such a lie. They were forced to. There were people who were arrested because they tried to work. And people ultimately did lose their businesses. I mean, the you had the state at the at the direction of the federal government that were waging war on businesses. So the the money that was given to them and I don't think the money should have been given to anybody in the first place because I don't think that anything should have been shut down. But it's not even remotely analogous here. Because people, the only way that this even somewhat makes sense is if, you're, if, if people don't have a choice to go to school, if, they, if you're forcing them to go. This is a choice. People choose whether or not they want to go to school. They choose as to whether or not they want to take on this debt they they willingly enter into these loan agreements and now you're you're like trying to argue that they didn't have a choice and that's the it doesn't make any sense not at all it doesn't make any sense i mean this it's it's not even remotely the same they had for instance, one of their, who is this? One of their surrogates was saying that, trying to spin the student loan reallocation, however you want to call it. They were saying that, that uh, you know, this is a great way to go about it. And they were, they were challenged on it because the, a lot of people are bringing up the point, well, if it's such a, you know, you're, the, the whole premise is that 
all of these people are saddled with all of this debt and it's so horrible. Oh my gosh, it's such a problem. But you're, no one's doing anything about the system that created it. I mean, you have what I think can best be described as the higher education cartel. And it's rewarding this. Tuition today is three times, actually more than what it was 20, 30 years ago. Even, I would say, 15 years ago. It is very much like Dodd-Frank. Democrats have the White House, they have the House and the Senate, and they have not at all whatsoever, as has been noted. They would not at all take any step to fix this. That's it. They don't they won't they won't do anything to address it, nothing to fix it. It's gonna saddle so much people. So it's gonna I mean we're gonna have debt. In fact, where's this at? The student loan cancellation plan, according to the latest analysis, could actually end up costing taxpayers six hundred billion dollars over the next ten years. That's pretty unbelievable. I mean, not really. The Committee for Responsible Federal Budget released a new study saying that the announced student loan changes, including cancellation of up to 20000 for some borrowers, is going to, the, it's going to bring the total cost of pande- pandemic-era student loan actions to $800 billion for 13% of the public. For 13% of the public. Because that's how many people have this have these federal loans. I, I mean, I don't know how else. I, I, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's no, no one's doing anything to remedy it. And like I said, this was back in 2010 under Obama-Biden, this nationalization of student loans. So we're going to just, we're going to have the, it's going to be an ongoing problem. No one, no one owes anybody an education. No one owes anybody this. I just, you know, honestly, I get why some, I mean, I get why people are so frustrated and so fed up because this is insane. This is going to make it so much, it's going to make it so much worse. I want to get into some of this energy stuff. Let's look at California, CBS. California is moving forward with, forward with a plan to ban the sale of all gas cars by 2035. <sighs> the state's Air Resources Board is expected to vote in favor of the plan today. Daniel Sperling, who is a member of the board, told CNN that he was 99.9% confident the measure was going to pass. He said it's monumental. <laughs> Do you think that people are going to be able to afford a new EV? With the way everything is right now, California has the largest zero emission vehicle market in the country. Apparently, 16% of all cars sold in the state are already zero emission vehicles or plug-in hybrids. They want, it, they want more of them. Don't they have rolling blackouts? Because yeah. their grid can't handle anything? Yeah. But their grid's going to be able to handle all this? Is that right? Am I to understand that correctly? The average cost is almost what an average American family makes an entire, in an entire year. And yet, this is what they're pushing forward. Hmm, that's all right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, they're doing what Australia's doing. Australia's ending bank loans. I said this yesterday for new gas-powered cars. EVs are fine, though. There's a, there was a, a discussion from Andrew Follett and how the, in this, whatever, his, it's really the, the Build Back Better bill. That's the Inflation Act. All of the pet projects, there was a, there's, there's some interesting analysis coming out, and we've talked about this, how all of the money that was allocated in the inflation bill is not anything for sustainable green infrastructure for the United States and how it's actually going to set us back in terms of progress for green energy. Now that now these analyses are starting to come out. Mm-hmm. So this, let me pull this up. See, I've, this whole thing is so frustrating. I have all these headlines about jobs and inflation and the cost of X, Y, and Z is going up. And I have a whole bunch of other stuff on uh, the economy shrank 0.6%. Home prices are tumbling. The biggest decrease since 2011. Oh my gosh. And it's just, and then on top of it, now we have additional taxes in the Build Back Better, aka inflation bill. And now we all have 20, like what? $2,300 additionally in debt from the student loan thing. Oh, and then they're going to try to force you into purchasing EV stuff that you can't afford. So, there you go. And then I saw this. Just to just put the cherry on the top. You ready for something that's truly ridiculous? This is called higher visibility. And it was looking at different generations and what they would like to do in life i don't i don't know if i necessarily i haven't looked at all this stuff but it seems you know apparently everybody in gen z wants to be a social media influencer not everybody one in four according to the survey they want to be social media influencers i'm sorry what for real for real hmm uh, the stuff and people. Oh, okay. Social media influencers came. Okay. I gave you the thing in the yeah. They said that our influencer jobs now a consideration for younger people's careers. Thirty-eight percent said I think there's enough work for me to be a social media influencer. You guys know why I don't do anything on social media. You know how many times you know how many times people come to me, and they're like, "Can we? Can we? Um, will you? Can we pay you to put this on Instagram?" Can we pay you to put this on Twitter? Oh my gosh, I get so many companies, so many people that come because I have like, you know, almost half a million on Instagram, over a million on Twitter. I'd be more if I wasn't so damn shadow banned. Uh, Facebook, etc. And they always are like, can we, can, can you do this? Can we, can, do you want to promote this product? I had a company just um, the other day. I'm like, no, because it's annoying. I hate it. I hate, I hate the influencing stuff. On so, It's so obvious. And everybody does the same thing. Especially, like, for instance, you're going to get mad at me. The interior stuff, like if you look at the uh, social media, like uh, they do that where you can shop on someone's profile. Everybody has the same white crap and the, the marble links on their coffee table and all this stupid. Everybody's house looks the same. Everybody has this. They're hawking all the same crap. 
they're pushing all the same makeup. They're, it's so annoying. Everybody has the same stuff. I'm so tired of it. I can't, I can't handle it. I can't basically, or people will go to home goods and act like they just sourced all this stuff themselves. Look at these things they found. You can shop, like it to shop it or whatever. Click my link in bio. I can't stand it. It's so annoying. I just, I, I don't even get on Instagram a lot anymore just because of that. That's why I don't, I don't post a lot on there anymore because it's so annoying. I just, I don't know. And now to realize that all of these people think, oh, I'm a social media influencer. Hmm. At least when people said they wanted to be a video, a professional game player, like at least that's a market. You know what I mean? Like so many things are done online now. It's like a meeting place and so many people play and game design is super popular. This, you're a marketer. That's all you are. You're a glorified telemarketer on social media. That's it. You're a social media marketer. It's not an influencer. Just be honest. Don't be like, I'm a social media influencer. You are a glorified telemarketer, but on, on social media. That's it. That's all you are. I can't. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. Oh my gosh. All right. So, <sighs> sheriff's deputies found 70 pounds of a Florida man's cocaine marked 100%. Just out floating in the ocean, a Keys boater spotted a suspicious package. Miami Herald says this is what 70 pounds of cocaine looks like. Apparently, this was the second time in four days that someone in the Florida Keys found a huge shipment of coke just floating in the water. There was a. <laughs> There's that they were about 19 miles southeast of Long Key. And middle keys and petty officer Nicole Grohl, a Coast Guard spokeswoman, said that a boater found this package, reported it to the Coast Guard. Monroe County Sheriff's Office picked up the drugs around 2.30 p.m. The entire load had 70 pounds of cocaine wrapped individually in plastic and labeled with a green sticker, 100%, with a row of white stars below the writing. And the... Just a couple of days before, four days before, a guy reported to the sheriff's office that he found a suspicious package and it was 55 pounds of cocaine and it was wrapped with XXX decals. So how are people like immediate? What is happening? Are they just like offloading? Like drop? Did someone drop a package of drugs in the I just it's just a little hard to. Yeah, I mean, did it fall off the boat or did someone, were they, were they fleeing law enforcement and they threw it over? I'm just trying to figure out how that happens. You, you don't... Maybe a whale coughed it up? There's no chain of command for your, for your drugs? I don't know. Oh, man, do I really want to do this one? Yeah, I do. All right, so this is in Pensacola. Um, so there was a burglary. Okay, it was in Walton County, Florida. You know where it's going when I got to do this. And there was a guy named Christopher Giles, 35 years old. He was charged with burglary and then 16 counts of possession of a controlled substance. Hmm. Yeah, so wait, there's a lot more. The, they responded to a, a robbery or a suspect illegally entering a home, confronting the homeowner. Uh, deputies were searching the suspect for weapons and they asked him if he had anything else illegal on him to which he replied maybe (laughs) 
And then I'm just going to read what is in the affidavit. It is not me. It's what it's. This is news. Quote, this resulted in him pulling a clear bag from his buttocks. Deputies say after the bag was sanitized, they determined the bag contained meth, heroin, and something hydrochloride pills. He's being held on $15,000 bond. That seems like quite a lot to carry in your... Behind? Yeah. Your back wallet, for the <laughs> lack of a better way to say it. Just... Now, last but not least... Florida middle school students were greeted on their first day of school by a seven-foot alligator. Yay! That resulted in Lee County Sheriff's canine handler, who happened to be a former gator trapper, visiting the school and wrangling the gator to a safe area. Stick with us. Third hour on the way next. How much does this cost? You know, the projections are still uh, coming out depending on how many people uh, take advantage of it. But let me remind folks. What's the range, about three Mr. Months, Secretary? What's the, what's the range of possibilities? Well, like I said, um, those projections are still coming out based on how many people take advantage of it. But what we're finding is when the loan payments restart, $4 billion a month is going to go back into it because people are going to start paying. Anyone making over $125,000 will resume payment into their loans. And it does offset whatever uh, funds are being placed to help those who are most severely in need um, to get on their feet again. Well, okay, it won't offset the total cost of this over over time. I mean, how will this be paid for? Look, the president has been very clear about uh, reducing the deficit. Mm, Look, I just can't. I can't literally answer your question because I just don't know. That is Cardona, who is. Well, and I mean, two, who, who's the guy? I don't know. He's on CNN. I don't care. I'm not even going to pretend like I care. I don't care about attributing it. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you, your hateful curmudgeon. Let's just chase everybody off our lawn together. Now, the, here's a good point that, I, uh, that gets me, and I'm so tired of hearing this argument. Because we, they don't know how to, they, they know where, they know it's going to be taxpayers. What they won't say is which taxpayers, although that's kind of rhetorical, too, because we know who that's going to be. But the other aspect of this is I need the left to figure out when they think adulthood begins. I really need them to figure this out. Let's just let's just consider this for a moment. 18 year olds, people who are graduating high school, they are smart enough to enter into contractual agreements with the government and obtain government loans. They are mature enough to do this, to start planning out and assuming debt in their lives. Or are they not? I mean, they, they, Democrats act like they're, they're little kids who have been tricked. They act like that, well, I mean, the government is a predatory lender. That's something Carol Roth had said yesterday. But they act as though that people who are taking these loans out are just little kids who are just, they're not 18-year-olds who are making a full, you know, they know exactly what kind of situation they're getting into. They're just little kids. Bless their little hearts. They can't be expected to assume the consequence of this, of this agreement. They can't be expected to assume the responsibility of debt. However, they are completely mature enough 
to uh, have a skin graft taken off their thigh and made into an artificial schlong when they decide that they want to change their gender. Kane. True. If you want to cut off your breasts and pretend to be a dude, or if you want to be a dude and have your member inverted so that it can cosplay as a vagina, then by all means, you're smart enough apparently to do that but and, and have it affect the rest of your life when you're under 18. But you cannot, no sir, no ma'am, you or no them, you cannot, no it, enter into a contractual agreement with the government, be expected to honor it as a student loan. So at what point are we going to stop infantilizing people? At what point? That's what I'd love to know. I mean, you have doctors who are right now, I, and I just, Kane just shared with me, it's from Libs of TikTok. This is at St. Louis Children's Hospital. A doctor for adolescent medicine says that doctors assign a sex when babies are born based on genitalia, yeah. but it doesn't always match what? their identity. What? what? Excuse me, what? Do you want me to play this or do you want to play it? This is Sarah Garwood who says that there are many genders that a child can be, guys. And I mean, children can make these serious decisions as children. Listen, you have this. Time for teens and parents. Along with all the physical changes that happen during puberty, it is also a time of identity formation. It's pretty common for adolescents to try on different identities as they go through this period of time. What? Some parents will have to adapt to their child revealing more personal information to them, like the fact that they have a gender identity that does not match their assigned sex at birth. When babies are born, we label them as boy or girl based on the external genital anatomy we see. In truth, this is actually their biologic sex and does not always match their gender identity. Wow. Oh, man, I got a lot of questions, Kane. Why is this a doctor? She's apparently supposed to be a doctor. Now, see, they also say that at St. Louis Children's Hospital, hormone therapy is a safe choice for teenagers. But then they say that they haven't actually done any research on it and there's risks that they don't know about. But they can say for certain without actually having done any research that... Now, my whole point in bringing this up, and I'm getting ready to pivot to this whole gender thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? In that they think that you are, that, that, that teenagers who are like 13 years old apparently are informed and smart enough to make these decisions like this that affect the rest of their lives, but they, oh, but no, not a student loan. Where's the consistency here? 18-year-olds are too irresponsible to carry firearms, but not to take out, you know, huge multi-thousand dollar loans. Pretty amazing. So there's no, like, set... There's no consistency here. I mean, this is... I, I, and plus, you know, kids have parents that they can read the terms of service of a, contra- of a contract that they, into which they want to enter. But they don't. Apparently, they don't want to recognize any of this. Now, as for St. Louis Children's Hospital, this is in our hometown of St. Louis. They had this lady, they, they said that hormone therapy is a safe choice. Really? 
That's physical, actual child abuse. St. Louis Children's apparently also promotes Lupron as a puberty blocker for kids. It's linked to thousands of deaths and has been used to chemically castrate sex offenders. And they also don't notify patients through their site that puberty blockers are not FDA approved to treat, quote unquote, trans kids. This is what St. Louis Children's Hospital is doing. That's abuse, period. It is absolute abuse, period. St. Louis Children's Hospital. I mean, uh, that's sad. I mean, that, that I used to live um, like just down the road from St. Louis Children's Hospital. That's unbelievable. That's not health care. And I can't believe anyone who calls himself a doctor would actually promote this sort of experimentation as legitimate health care. And it is experimentation because they say it for themselves. I mean, they promote this stuff. I mean, they actually say, is hormone therapy safe? This thing, I mean, you, explain to me what this means. How backwards and ridiculous is this sentence? They write, quote, most experts, including our team, believe that hormone therapy is a safe choice for transgender older teenagers and young adults, but it can have some side effects. Because research in this area is just beginning, it's possible that there are other long-term risks we don't yet know. How in the hell are you saying that it's safe if you have no idea because you haven't done any research, St. Louis Children's Hospital? How do you even know? This is this doesn't make any sense. This is absolutely abusive. And so you have this doctor. Doctors will assign the sex when babies are born based on genitalia, but that's not really their identity. How does she know? You're, yeah. Is she specifically a biologist? But how do the babies know? I I am I'm just, I, I don't know. It's so, it's so frustrating. Frustrating. But they're too, they can't determine based on their genitals what they are, but you can't take out a a loan. (laughs) Just going to lay that out there. All right. We, I mean, let me, I got some more stuff for you. So we have. I'm still trying to get out. That's St. Louis Children's Hospital. I'm sorry. I can't get off this right now. I just, I have to add one more thing. This is, this is child abuse that is wrapped up in some sort of political identity. It's child abuse. If you're, if you are cutting up teenagers and abusing them with hormones and calling it quote unquote therapy, when you yourself admit in writing that there is no research done that actually supports the claim that this is in any way safe then that's not medicine. That's like, that's experimentation. That's cruel abuse. And your appeal to authority and, and is, is and it just, it's, it's abhorrent. Kane says, he's, you've done, yeah, you've helped raise money for that hospital. Oh, on several occasions, I would broadcast live there along, you know, our radio station would help raise money for the children's hospital. I mean, it's a, it's a good cause because a lot of these kids with cancer or from families that can't afford care because of some drastic health issue, you know, raising money for Children's Hospital in St. Louis has been a, a big deal for a long time. 
And I, I don't know what kind of support this will then take away from Children's Hospital because of a stance like this. Yeah, I agree. It's this is it's this is just it's crazy. And now all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five brought to you by Caltech. So a study says that the Pfizer COVID pill showed no showed no benefit in younger adults. Wow, I am completely surprised. Listen to the shock and surprise in my voice. Pfizer's COVID pill didn't provide any benefit at all whatsoever for younger adults. So there's it's a large study published Wednesday, and it came from a 109,000 patient Israeli study, likely to renew questions about the government's use of Paxlovid. And that's what it is, Paxlovid. Uh, additionally, let's see here. Watching the news can make you sick. Yeah, of course it can. They said obsessively watching the news can make you mentally and physically sick. They said researchers at Texas Tech, this is at Lubbock, found that Americans who obsessively follow the news are more likely to suffer from physical and mental health problems, including anxiety and stress. I would also add that people who obsessively follow, like I didn't read the study, but I'm just assuming that if people who obsessively follow like MSNBC or CNN are also absolutely insufferable. One in six, they said, has have a severely problematic news addiction. What is even that? What does that mean? Everything can be made into an addiction nowadays, apparently. News addiction. If it dominates your thoughts. Oh, for the love. Stop. Let's see. The uh, DOD, Department of Defense, is not in compliance with stopping coronavirus testing of the unvaccinated. The Biden administration apparently was supposed to have put an end to mandatory coronavirus testing for federal workers based on their status. But the change also apparently was intended to bring the governments into compliance with the CDC's new guidance. It was supposed to already happen, but apparently it's not because there are compliance reports being sent to the Safer Federal Workforce Task Force, which is a stupid name of an agency that we probably don't even need. And I don't think, according to govexec.com, not everybody got the memo. There's still want, there's still uh, government uh, agencies that are are still doing this. That are still apparently forcing the they're defying the White House policy and the Defense Department. They said they're trying to figure out how to implement it, or just don't just stop the stupid test. Just stop it because clearly it doesn't matter if you've been injected or not. You can still get it and you can still transmit it. Stop. Stop this flat earthy nonsense. I'm so tired of it. Now, uh, Americans are starting to skip therapy to save money. Wall Street Journal piece. The average out-of-pocket cost a month is $178, according to Very Well Mind, and it can soar to $300 or more a session in major cities. And Americans, because of inflation, let's go, Brandon, they're starting to skip therapy so that they can save money and instead spend money at their grocery store, etc., on, on gas, energy, you know, things that they need also to stay alive. Very interesting. A Missouri school district is bringing back corporal punishment. I think that people who think that corporal punishment is abuse probably shouldn't have children because if you're not smart enough to differentiate between the two, please keep your knees kissing because you may accidentally abuse a child. Just saying. School district in Missouri has decided that things were much better back in the day. I mean, when I was a kid, they had a, our geometry teacher had a paddle. And everybody signed it. It was mostly dudes, though, that got swats. I don't know if a girl ever got swatted. But, you know, they said that it's in Barry County. It's a school board. They approved it. The school board did. And it was back in June. They notified parents that they're going to put the decision to a vote. Parents asked if they wanted to opt out. The county allegedly plans to administer it on a case-by-case basis. And the superintendent told the Springfield News later, we actually have had people thank us for it. 
Yeah. So there you go. That's because they that's it's a consequence that 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 kids can immediately understand. You spare the rod and you spoil the child. That's what ends up happening. So I'm not against I'm actually surprised they're not getting a ton of hate mail. I mean, maybe they are, but I'm I'm, you know, really not not surprised that they're, you know. And oh look, now it looks like, and we're gonna talk about this a little bit more. Now it looks like they're gonna try to turn on Trump as it relates to the vaccine. Check out this AP headline. Trump staffers pushed unproved COVID treatment at FDA. Oh my gosh. Yeah, wait until you hear this. Stick with us. We got more in store next. Shooting down woke culture, one crazy headline at a time. It's the Dana Show. You relieve the debt burden some for those people, and we have more economic activity. In other words, canceling student loan debt is good for the people whose debt is canceled, but it is also good for our economy and the rest of America. No, it's not. Good heavens. Welcome back to the show. It's Liawatha. I'm sorry, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, Dana Lash here with you. Your lovable curmudgeon. It's not. I, I just because you say it doesn't mean it is. It's that we're gonna get. We're gonna see like a trillion dollars in new debt. It's gonna erase anything that they claimed was ever gonna be remedied as it relates to the inflation that they're actually creating more of with their inflation bill. But you know, I digress. There you are. There you are. No, it's it's not. It, it's just it's. <sighs> It's not. Not at all. I wanted to switch gears here because I feel like there's this, uh, the new move that is being developed is to go after the former president for emergency youth authorization on vaccines. Not even kidding. This is, I just want to read, I'm not kidding. This is, <laughs> I can hear you. This is from Politico. I'm going to read the headline and then the subhead. The subhead is just chef's kiss. Okay. Headline, Trump White House exerted pressure on FDA for COVID-19 emergency use authorizations. House report finds. The subhead? The report by House Democrats examining the pandemic says Trump officials sought vaccine approvals to sway voters before the 2020 election. What? Um, I, you guys demanded that this happen. You wanted a vaccine. You wanted it done like ASAP. You got it. And now you're mad and they want to blame him for this? You knew that this was going to come around where they were going to. You knew at some point that they were going to get mad at him. Look, over this, this is what this is what pisses me off about it is because first they talked about you know two weeks to slow the spread, and then they said, well, if we want to get back to normal, we need a vaccine, and they were pushing for this vaccine in order to create quote unquote back to normal. I want to throw something situation exactly. I think I, I'm looking for something to throw. I just I'm so done. I'm so done with us. They that's when it happened. No, it was to sway the election, says the people who are paying off their staffers and paying off their student loans with our money. Yeah. What? No, they they said that. Uh, no, no, they said that they they they're they said that they were accusing his people, particularly uh, Peter Navarro, of pushing the FDA to authorize this and get the. I'm 
cannot even believe I'm reading this story. I can't. It's important to note also that the vaccine, quote-unquote vaccine, because it's really not, um, it's still only available under emergency youth authorization. It has not been approved by the FDA. Now, they wanted the FDA to go along with the emergency authorization. Right. So they said that they go, well, they, they said these pressure campaigns, they said that uh, were reported uh, in early 2020 by Politico. And I'm pulling up that I just this is an actual story because they said Trump's Hail Mary drug push rattles his health team. That's what you guys wanted. I always thought I don't know. I had the story saved and it always feels feels like they were trying to give themselves some kind of plan B. But they said that Trump publicly called out the FDA and its commissioner on on multiple occasions and they were pushing them to get this done. Um, wait, so he you're mad at him because they you guys wanted the quote unquote vaccine, which you can't really have one. I mean, it's a virus, but you guys wanted this vaccine that's not a vaccine because it doesn't stop transmission. You wanted this injection that does absolutely nothing. You forced everybody to take it and now you're mad because he made it possible what you wanted to do. Are they high or are we accidentally high? I don't know. Something's off. I wish we were, but it's them. Oh my gosh. This is, you knew. They said that these officials were pressuring this authorization and all this stuff. And oh my gosh, they, they wanted, they said the Trump administration tried pressuring the FDA to authorize the first vaccines ahead of the president's election. They're really trying to make it out like, you, you know why? Because they, it doesn't work. And so now they need to figure out a scapegoat because they pushed everybody to take something that clearly is not preventing anything. Everybody getting it, and I think having the natural immunity did more. But now they want to they have something. They have to be able, oh, it's because Trump pushed it before it was ready. That's what it was. You know, Trump didn't force anyone to take it. Trump this- flew to everyone's homes, Kane, and personally administered the injection. He jabbed them in the neck if they resisted. <laughs> it was this administration that forced it on all federal workers. It was this administration that forced it for businesses. It was this administration that forced the vaccine or you lost your livelihood. It was them that did that yeah yeah i agree i agree i but you know they wouldn't have been able to do that if trump hadn't have forced them to make the shot Kane. that's the real story of it everything is dumb it's all dumb i mean honestly we should have a like a national strike i think at some point i'm just done like everybody just stop just being, you know, people who are fed up. One national strike. It'll never happen because people, they got stuff to do. Let's be real. But this is just one of the, I, you just knew, I think we even joked about this. That one point they were going to try to turn around and blame him for the creation of this. If the transmissions kept going. And I think we just said it as a joke and now it's true. So there we are. And now it's on the childhood schedule which leaves Pfizer and the rest of them uh, without any liability mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. This is this administration that did that. Well, they wouldn't have been able to do it if Trump hadn't have pushed it there, Kane. Okay. The stuff. Gosh, how bad could you be? I just can't. I can't. So uh, a few things. 
to get here. Biden's approval rating, 47%. Just saw that. Wanted to share that. I want to get to the story of this uh, Texas chaplain. This is in Texas. He's a former Texas fire chaplain. He got fired from a volunteer position after he wrote a post on the Webernets where he was critical of dudes who were cosplaying as women and trying to compete against women in sports. If you guessed this was in Austin, you would be right. Andrew Fox is suing, is now suing the Austin Fire Department, accusing the department of violating his First Amendment rights. I mean, I fail to see where he's wrong. He said that he, because he came over here from the UK in 1999, and he said that the country, he was talking to Tucker Carlson, he said that the country that he moved to 23 years ago is not the country he's living in now. And this, he has Alliance, for, uh, Alliance for Defending Freedom. They filed a lawsuit on his behalf because all, he just, and he didn't write a mean piece. He had an editorial on his own site and he said that he was a sincere advocate for women's rights in sports and it was he wrote this a series of posts through this biblical perspective where he was looking at wokery and he said that the issue is about gender identity and how ridiculous it's becoming and he wrote about uh, biblically the how fairness is looked at biblically etc and that was just not allowed not allowed could not do that not allowed and so he ended up losing his job over this. And I, and I, I mean, I am just, I'm shocked that someone, because it's, it was on his website. What does that have to, he's a chaplain for the, he's a chaplain. And he was writing everything through a biblical perspective. But heaven forbid, he had wrong think, so he had to go. And so they fired him. Volunteer position. So they said that it, it's a first, uh, first Amendment issue. Now, they had, um, they wanted an injunction, a permanent injunction requiring the city to reinstate him as lead chaplain, stop enforcing its policies and practice of taking adverse actions against him and other personnel who express constitutionally protected messages of private citizens about matters of public concern, which it is, related to gender identity in women's sports. And the spokesperson for the city of Austin stated that uh, they haven't, that they, they're going to follow the regular process to respond to a lawsuit brought against the city. It's just crazy that someone can be fired for stating the obvious. You know, women don't exist, and that's the only thing that you're allowed to say, apparently. I mean, they're, they're shocked that a chaplain would have a biblical perspective about this stuff. Really. Now... I mean, it is Austin. I always want, I mean, how does, I, I, I am interested, how does a guy go from UK, he's a Christian, and he's working in Austin, but okay. Because Austin is, is pretty much like the San Francisco of Texas. Yeah. It's just as left as San Francisco. And he was, and like I said, his, his post, he did not say anything mean. He didn't, there was, there was no ad hominem, nothing like that. He had no animus at all whatsoever. He was just strictly speaking through a biblical perspective. You know what they asked him to do? Because when they, when they found out, they had anonymous people who, fi- who filed complaint about his post. 
And then they had the assistant chief in the department reach out and they were like, we're going to schedule a meeting with you. And they said that your post offended some LGBT members of the fire department. Uh, but the officials couldn't actually articulate what about the post, what he had written that was perceived as being so offensive. And so he contacted one of their, uh, and Dr. Fox contract, contacted one of the uh, LGBT liaisons to learn more. And they, had a, they said he said he had a nice conversation with them. But she also could not articulate or even identify what he wrote that was so actually offensive. And then after that, he thought, you know, it was, okay, well, they can't actually state what is offensive. So I guess this is, you know, there's no issue. Like, what is the, what's, what's the point then if you can't even identify what caused offense? So that's when they, the department officials got a hold of him. They said, you need to write a letter, and a letter of apology to the alphabet community. And he said he tried to comply without violating his own conscience. But they said, no, that's not. He said that he, his draft, his letter was rejected. What they wanted him to do was recant. And he wouldn't do that. And so because he would not recant, he was dismissed. I, I mean, that is an absolute First Amendment issue. You can't, exp- you can't force people to adopt beliefs that they don't hold, especially when they're not grounded in science. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Two people have pled guilty to trafficking Ashley Biden's diary. But wait a minute. I was told that this wasn't a real thing. Right. Remember? The diary that talked about the shadiness of the family and how she used to shower with her dad. I was told that this was not a real diary. So what gives? Hmm? Curious. What gives? This is from Politico. They say two Florida residents pled guilty. Conspiring to, this is today, conspiring to trafficking and stolen goods. They, they sold her diary. Hmm. A stolen diary. But remember, this is the FBI. They, they raided James O'Keefe's house, Project Veritas, and two of his colleagues. Nobody has been charged ever. They just raided the house and uh, their, their homes. Nobody's been charged in it. They wouldn't actually be honest about... I know. Kane's like, oh my gosh, I just can't even... I know, I'm the same way. I'm the same. I'm right there with you. She left it behind after moving out of a rental. Nobody stole anything. Yeah, where she was staying to get off drugs. Nobody stole anything. She's a druggie who left behind her stupid diary where she, like, is... What gets me is... Because isn't she my age? And she's... How are you a grown-ass woman and you're leaving behind your stupid My Journal diary that talks about drugs and all kinds of, like, gross? Why? How was that happening for you? (laughs) They didn't, they said that the defendants pled guilty as part of the agreement with prosecutors. I just, how is it, that is so shady. So shady. There was a federal investigation into Project Veritas because their drug-addled daughter, the Biden's druggy daughter, left her skanky diary in a flop house and someone got it and she freaks out and then the FBI starts raiding everybody's house for it. That's legit what happened. 
Maybe you shouldn't have raised a drug-addicted chick that can write skanky stuff about her family in the diary. So now they're going to ignore everything in the laptop and everything in her diary. It's amazing. What is it with his kids writing about all the gross stuff that they do? That this oversharing. Somebody see me. I know. They they said that. I mean, I. I don't know. The whole thing is so odd. The whole thing is so odd. They said that they that the idea, the charges, everything was weird. And the attorneys for Project Veritas said that the news gathering was ethical and legal, what they were doing, which, of course, it was. A journalist's lawful receipt of material later alleged to be stolen is routine, commonplace, and protected by the First Amendment. And it is. She's in her... Ashley Biden is 41 years old. 41 years old. And... As I said, she leaves her diary in a flop house. She's on drugs. She was trying to get clean, I guess, again, and leaves it behind, and someone got it. And now they want to charge people for doing, for, for her actions? I don't know. I just, today in stupidity, Kane. Good God. There was so much this to day. choose from today. Um, all right, so Susan Rice is going to be our today in stupidity. This is her talking about Biden's student loan debt bailout. Uh, as somehow it won't have any meaningful effect on inflation whatsoever. Mm. Restarting paused loan repayments at around the same time as we provide targeted debt relief will not have any meaningful effect on inflation. Okay, I don't believe it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. Folks, tomorrow's Friday. Oh boy, we're almost there. We're almost at the weekend through this hellacious news cycle. We'll get you there and get you situated. Back with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.